Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I'm going to call him Josh. Hi there, Josh. How's it going? It's going great, Bradford. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's exciting. This is actually my first podcast that I've uh, been invited on, so it's a real pleasure to uh, make some content with you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. Uh, before I really kind of get into and ask you about yourself, so can you uh, like what's what's your handle like what can i call you other than josh i'll call you josh but like who are you so people know? yeah definitely uh call me josh uh, if, if you ever see me uh stick to that but my my online handle if you will i guess is quest mode that's the name of my my youtube channel and it's uh, a name I've, I've tried to kind of work into all my social media but but quest mode is is it uh, nothing nothing fancy that's that's what i go by Beautiful. And that's what they're going to find on the, the thumbnail. So, <laughs> Perfect. okay. So, uh, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a, I'm a gamer, uh, you know, lifelong gamer, I guess I should say, I guess that's kind of table stakes, uh, for being a YouTube video game content creator, I feel like. And I've been playing games ever since I was, you know, a kid had my first video game experience when I think it was about six, I went over to a friend's house and um, saw him playing Super Mario Brothers, the original one. So that's kind of my introduction to video games. And I was just mesmerized and um, played video games on and off in my youth. But uh, when I was a, a teenager, I guess um, it really caught on as something that I was just all in on. I, I wanted to uh, be a part of the video game industry and I, I couldn't stop thinking about playing, reading about video games. So that's when it got started. But um, I only started creating content kind of following and pursuing that dream, um, at least at the level that I'm doing now, uh, only about three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a long journey. You know, I, I've, uh, I'm, we, we'll probably get into this, but I've tried numerous uh, times to create content and make a, uh, make a real, real living at it. Um, and uh, this is the first time that I've felt really like I've been onto something. Um, so yeah, I make videos on YouTube. Uh, I cover mostly, um, I'd say PS4 and Nintendo Switch games. I do occasionally dip into uh, retro games. Um, I cover indie games and uh, more recently, real kind of mainstream AAA games. So um, if I had to pick a focus, I'd say preview and top 10 coverage of Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 games. Hopefully that won't too long for you. No, that's perfect. Um, it's it's always kind of funny to hear people say retro games, and they're they're talking about the stuff I grew up with. I'm like, that's that can't be retro yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look at retro as anything kind of before, like the like the PS2 era and before. To me, that's retro. That's you know, there are people now who are playing games who have never played those games because they're just too young, you know, Certainly. and so. All right. So before we get into it, I ask everybody the same question. You've, you've seen my podcast, so I know you know what this question is. Yeah. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Josh? I put myself at like a 7.5. Uh, you know, I feel inside like a 10. You know, I feel really weird and I, I have some habits like I, you know, I, I spend most of my time making videos about video games while I'm sitting in a coffee shop. That's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I go to bed at three and wake up at 11. I have a weird schedule, but you know, on the outside, I'm pretty normal. You know, like people see me, I, I look like your regular guy. So, um, and I, you know, I, I drive a Toyota Camry and live in an apartment like most people. Uh, so it's, uh, again, yeah, how I feel on the inside, pretty high up there on the weird scale. But you know, if you get to know me, um, I, I think that I, I come off in a lot of ways as pretty normal. You never suspect the neighbor next door. He was such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm not that kind of weird. But, uh, um, I, I definitely have my quirks. All right. So uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us your, your journey becoming a content creator and go ahead and give us all the nitty details about nitty gritty of uh, kind of how you started and how you failed uh, and then until you got here. Yeah, so I kind of covered this uh, on a broad scale, but um, it really started for me again when I was like 16. I, I would read and uh, just devour video game magazines like EGM was my go-to, but I also had a subscription to Nintendo Power and PC Gamer and Game Pro. So I just read all these magazines and I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. I remember when I was about 16, just thinking like, this is what I want. And I would, I would always look at the back of the magazines to see if they were hiring, even though I was 16, there's no way they were going to hire me just because I wanted to apply. And the opportunity never came up. And, you know, um, at that age, again, nothing would have happened. I went to 
I went to uh, college to study journalism specifically so I could learn to write uh, for magazines. Okay. Um, and so it was really my focus, but I did, I got sidetracked. I found a, a, a different career, um, a creative career that uh, really appealed to me and just had more promise. You know, like there are not very many video game content creators, especially back in the 90s. I mean, it was like you wrote for a, a magazine. This was before the internet really took off or that was it. So I chose kind of this, this uh, path of creativity and security instead of just going all in with creating video game content. And then fast forward 15 years, I had a great career. Um, I was living comfortably and I, I was doing, I was being creative on a daily basis, but I didn't feel fulfilled. It wasn't just doing it for me. And um, so Actually, this was less than 15 years ago. This was, or I should say more than 15 years ago. This was more like uh, maybe around 2012. I decided, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. So I decided to do some freelance writing uh, for websites and with limited success. I did do some writing for free, which a lot of people do. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it now with YouTube as a platform that you can put your content out there. But um, I did write for free for a few blogs. And I ended up getting published. I had one article published on IGN and just the amount of effort I had to go through to get that done um, was, um, it didn't seem worth it to me. So I, I kind of went back to my old career and um, I do look at that as a failure actually. You know, I, 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 I left my job to, for three months to try and do this freelance writing thing and it didn't pan out. And instead of trying to figure out how do I, you know, that way didn't work, but what's another way that might work? I didn't, um, didn't pursue it. I went back to my job and then now fast forward to like three years ago, Halloween of 2017, I published my first video on my YouTube channel just cause I had watched a lot of content creators. Um, and I was inspired by them and thought that this was something I could do. I had some video editing experience from my other career and yeah, I just, I just gave it a shot produced content while I worked for about a year. Um, maybe it was a, yeah, it was about a year and a half. I produced content and worked. And then I really dialed back my freelance and I actually quit my, my job that I had to do what I'm doing now uh, full time. So I don't put out a lot of content. People might look at my channel and say, you're not putting out as much content as you might expect for a full time YouTuber. But I put a lot of time into each one of my videos. And that's just kind of the way my channel has shaped up. Um, so yeah, I, I've grown, um, you know, early on, it was, it was slow going, as you know, as a content creator, it was not um, an overnight thing where I gained an audience, but eventually it kind of snowballed and I'm still not nearly to where I want to be. I want to grow a lot more, but um, I'm, I am growing and I'm getting subscribers, I'm getting views, I'm getting engagement. So I'm going to keep going. It seems to be turning into something. Okay. That's fantastic. Now, can you kind of give us an idea of where you're at at the moment about how many subscribers do you have? Uh, I'm just creeping up on 22,000 subscribers. I actually think today I'm going to cross that threshold. So that's fantastic. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, on my other social media platforms or uh, channels, I should say Twitter and Instagram, I'm, I'm, I'm learning those and I'm not growing as fast, but on YouTube, it's, it's, it's coming along. Okay. Wonderful. So, um, you said you do kind of preview videos. What, what makes your content unique? Like what kind of content are you putting out there? So currently, yes, what I've noticed gains the most traction are my, my previews that I make. And they're these in between 20 and 30 minute long in-depth previews where I, I really try and gather all the information that is out there about it, a highly anticipated game. So I'm currently working on, well, the last one I published was the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm currently working on a video for The Last of Us Part Two, And yeah, they're just uh, as as in-depth of a preview as I can possibly fathom making. I mean, I don't, I, I don't quit researching until I'm convinced that I know everything about a game. And then I'll, you know, write that my script and record that, edit the footage to my voiceover and, and publish it. And uh, immediately the first one I did was Days Gone. And it, it just took off much faster than any other video I had published and pulled in subscribers. So I, I figured, you know, one thing on YouTube, um, you want to stay true to yourself, but you also want to chase the views if you plan on building an audience. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to make more of these. And as I've done that, um, that's really for 2020, my goal is to just focus on those. Um, I'll probably make a few other videos here and there, but that's kind of what I'm um, focused on. 
Um, I have done some other, like I said earlier, top 10 videos. Like I focused on Switch at first. Uh, one thing on YouTube is, you know, well, we'll get into this, but um, I, I decided for many reasons to create Nintendo Switch content. And early on, that panned out quite well, but um, nothing has, has proven as uh, interesting to people, I guess, as the previews that I make. Okay. So things must have moved fairly quickly for you then, because you said you, uh, you quit your job after about a year after starting this. Um, can you kind of walk me through, you know, the process? Because obviously it starts really slow, but kind of where was the breaking point? Was it a particular video? Was it just kind of an amount of time where something finally started to take off? Like what happened there? Um, well, quick is a relative word, I feel like, in the YouTube space. Um, you know, you could, some people grow, uh, get 100,000 subscribers in a few months. Um, you look at the Girlfriend Reviews channel. It's a great example. They just exploded. And for good reason, their content's fantastic. Um, but I, I was growing, um, like, so my first breaking point, as I would call it was actually my second video. So that was pretty quick, but we're talking hundreds of subscribers, not thousands. Um, I think I got about 150 subscribers off my second video that I posted. Um, and that was really my first indication that, you know, of course it could have been beginner's luck, but it was my first indication that maybe I'm onto something here. So I continued to make videos and I, I, it was slow after that. I didn't really hit it, strike a chord. And then I would say six, uh, maybe four or five months after that, I posted a video that was like the top 10 indie game. Yeah, I think it was the top 10 indie games coming to Nintendo Switch or something like that. Um, something about indie games on Nintendo Switch. And that started taking off uh, similar to my second video. And I think to this day, that video has like 60,000 views. But at the point that I, um, after I published it, not long, it got like 10,000 views pretty quick. And I was really uh, kind of shocked that I, I was able to pull in those numbers. And um, then I would say, I just, again, sticking to what, what worked, I had this template, these top 10 videos for Nintendo Switch that were pulling in views. So, and this would be a tip to any content creator out there. If you get a video that strikes a chord, um, don't look at it as a one-off. Try and duplicate that success. And that's what I did and just slowly started to grow. So when I left my job, it was more because I knew that I wanted to do this than because I knew I could achieve success. So I took a major leap of faith. Okay. Of course, I saved a lot of money to do what I'm doing. Um, again, I was really fortunate with my career. It, it, it allowed me to do that. I'm also, this goes back to the weird question, you know, like I'm a, I'm like, I'm like a middle-aged single dude. I'm as, um, flexible as, as I could possibly be. I don't have the commitment of having a family to care for. Um, and, uh, that's partly by design. That's just kind of, you know, my preference, I guess. But, um, so I'm, I'm fortunate in, in a number of regards that I, I could leave my job, uh, not have to worry about a lot of the things that it, admittedly a lot of people do have to worry about. And, uh, so yeah, I was able to take that leap of faith. I didn't know that I would, at the time I quit my job, I think I had like six or 7,000 subscribers, not nearly enough to make any substantial living. And I still don't make a living at, at YouTube. I'm still, you know, existing off of kind of what I've saved and how I've set up my lifestyle to be as, uh, you know, frugal and um, basically cheap as possible. Uh, yeah. So anyways, I don't know if that answers your, your, your question. It, it took some time. I got some I have a lot of faith in my ability to do what I'm doing and to turn it into something. I don't question the fact that I will one day have 100,000 subscribers. I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be next year or five years from now, but I feel passionate enough about what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing that to the extent that I, I just don't have any doubt. I'm sure I'm going to get there. Um, there might be some, well, there will be some bumps in the road that that goes without saying, but if I look at those as challenges instead of, failures, then I think I'll be just fine. That's absolutely wonderful. That's fantastic, Josh. Um, let me ask you this. Um, do you do all of the work yourself? Like every, every moment of every video is your own or do you in any way outsource any of the labor? No, I do it all myself, which is one of the reasons my content schedule is quite slow. Um, yeah, I, I do everything myself. I have not asked anybody to do anything for me. You know, the one thing I've considered is I just, I'm, I'm about to launch a, my merch store and uh, designed all the, the designs myself. But I've, in my past career, I've worked with some amazing designers. So I've thought of, excuse me, reaching out 
to, to get some design help, but everything so far has been me. And uh, that's, that's a lot of work. Okay. Can you uh, walk me through the process of how you make your videos? And I know that these aren't in the script, so hopefully you're okay with answering questions that weren't there. Oh, no, that's totally fine. So uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll start with the research. Well, it starts with deciding what do I want to make? And that what the criteria that goes into that for me or that, that decides what I'm going to do is a piece of content has to be interesting to me it has, but more importantly than that, and I do mean that, it, it has to be interesting to someone else. So I have to make content that I think people are going to like and people are going to be searching for. And then I have to, uh, I decide, okay, how can I provide something useful, usually information? Occasionally, it'll just be like, oh, this is really cool. But one of my main pieces of criteria is I have to provide actual information. So once I've got a topic that I think satisfies all that criteria, I, I research it. So if it's a top 10 video, I'll um, try to pick a topic where it's, I've played most of the games. If not, I try to play most of, if not all the games that I talk about and then uh, do the research. If it's a preview, obviously I haven't played most of those games, but I do go to like E3 and PAX. So I tr I've played a few of the games. Like I did a Doom Eternal preview. I played that at E3 and then that went into my research. So um, yeah, the research phase is, is either playing games or just reading as much content as I can online, watching as many YouTube videos as I can online. Uh, if it's a preview video, I, I start with the official coverage, so the stuff that the publisher has released themselves, so I know what is official, and then I'll I'll dive into like that news outlets, um, GameSpots, IGNs, Polygon, um, smaller news outlets, individual content creators. I'll watch their videos and and get as much information as I can. Um, I do cite all my resources in my uh, previews so you can go and kind of see what I've done research-wise. Then I'll write the script, which is uh, a long, that's probably the longest and most uh, difficult part of the process for me, synthesizing all this information into one, uh, one script. Then I'll record the script, uh, just get in my closet, which is my most soundproof part of my house, which I've set up to be pretty uh, echo-proof as well, do the recording. And then uh, once I have that, I get down to my, in front of my computer and I just edit for, you know, sometimes a, almost a week straight to just edit these videos, put the footage in, match the footage to my voiceover, um, get the, what I call, you know, supers, which is like the text that I put in my videos, edit that over them and just uh, go over them with a fine tooth comb and then publish them. That's my process. I'm clearly not putting enough labor into my own videos. <laughs> it takes me a long time, but I am a, I mentioned this when we talked before, I am a perfectionist and that is uh, at times to my detriment. I think I could probably produce my content quicker if I wasn't so dang hard on myself. Okay. So um, would you say you have any unique skills that separate you from anybody else who might be trying to do this? Um, in a word, no. And that's because I feel that the skills that I have are teachable and learnable. I do feel that other people could do what I do. Um, I've, I'm self-taught. I have not had any teachers in particular that have set me apart. I mean, maybe if you count my writing ability, you know, I did go to school for um, journalism, like I said, and then I went to graduate school to do literally like marketing copywriting. That's what I went to graduate school to do. So, so that might be, that might set me apart. Um, I, I've, I've always felt confident in my ability to write and uh, I'm not saying I'm the best writer. I, there are people on YouTube who skill up, for example, he's hands down a better writer than I am. Um, nonetheless, I, I feel confident in my ability to put together a good script, but most of my abilities, like editing videos, I've never taken a class. I just Google, man. That's the best teacher in, in the world today is Google. Just or YouTube. YouTube. You know, get if you don't know how to how do I how do I put text in a video? That's something I did. I had no clue how to do. And if you watch like my previews, I do these. Like I said, supers. I think they look pretty decent, but that's a skill that I had no clue how to do before. I just looked it up. You know, so that would be. Uh, Kind of my answer, uh, if there was something, it's my writing ability. And then again, my ability to synthesize information, I think, like I said, uh, that's something I did throughout my entire career. So I was a marketing writer. So I, I wrote marketing materials for companies. And the way that works is companies will give you a mountain of information. Here's everything we want to talk about. Now boil this down into a, you know, a 500 word web page, which is a tall order. So I've kind of had some practice at that. That comes in handy when I'm making these previews. 
But again, I don't think that's a skill that if you don't have it, that you can't develop. Okay. So uh, you mentioned some resources that you used Google and YouTube. And honestly, those are kind of the bare bones fundamentals. Are there any other resources you use? Like what software are you using? What kind of equipment do you use? Yeah. So I use to edit my videos. I use Premiere Pro. Uh, so Adobe, I have Adobe Creative Suite. Um, but I, I know um, one of, you know, some of the people I really admire their editing skills use Final Cut. I know some people use the Sony. I don't know what exactly what it's called, but there's a Sony program out there that's pretty good. Um, some other resources I would point content creators to um, online are like there are websites which are relatively inexpensive if you pay their monthly fee. Now they do add up if you get a number of them, but like Motion Array, they have a lot of graphics that you can use um, and download for free once you will not for free, once you pay their subscription, which I think I pay $15 a month for that. There's another website that I get all my music from. And you can actually get free music on YouTube if you know where to look. There are a lot of royalty-free uh, music publishers on YouTube. I choose to go to a different website. It's called Epidemic Sound. I find that the quality there is just outstanding, um, but you do have to pay for it. But uh, So yeah, if you're looking for music, um, that's go to YouTube, just search for royalty free music, um, or go to epidemicsound.com. This is, I'm not being obviously like paid to say any of this. This is just stuff that I, I use. Um, other resources, uh, you know, Google docs, that's where I write all my stuff. That's free. Um, sound editing. I again, use Adobe audition, um, for that, but there is a, a, a free program. I forget what it's called. Um, oh gosh, wait, I might have it right here. Um, Audacity. That's a program that's free, I believe, that you can use to edit software. Other resources that I use, uh, yeah, YouTube and Google. You know, that's that's really it. Um, nothing, nothing more to it than that. Yeah, that's fantastic advice because I'm trying to get people to understand it's it's not all that complicated. It's, yeah, like it sounds learn, like most of what you're using you can get for free. Yeah, um, absolutely. I would I would suggest people to tr if they're just trying this out and they're not sure they want to do it. Try as much stuff that you can that's free, like like the the sound stuff that I mentioned or the music stuff that I mentioned. You can find free graphics. It's just that if you go the free route with stuff like graphics, your options are going to be more limited. But it's out there. You can definitely find it. And yeah, like yesterday, I like I'm learning Instagram right now. I, I know the basics. I know how to publish stuff, and but I really want to grow my audience there. So yesterday, I just devoted half the day to just researching how to grow an audience on Instagram, and and that time is invaluable. Yeah, I wasn't able to edit my videos. I might push my next piece of content out half a day, but that's okay. I, I, the, the knowledge of how to do that stuff is uh, so much more valuable than the time I spent to get it. Certainly. And when it comes to social, uh, unless you have something that's going to go viral, it's engagement. Just talking yeah. to other people. And that's, that's like the long and the short of it. Yep. Yeah. And, and you'll hear that over and over again. And just kind of that repetition, if you do the research, it kind of just drills it into your head. And for me, that's really helpful. Just hearing stuff over and over and over again. If, if I'm doing the research, even if it's, stuff I've heard before, you know. Sure. Just don't go black hat. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's a good way to get banned. Yeah, uh, okay. So let's, know. let's talk about um, money. This is the gamerpreneur. I want to talk about money if that's okay with you. Yeah. Uh, you said you're not quite making a living yet, um, but you're having a, a merch uh, page set up. Can you kind of discuss how you make money through this, uh, this process? Yeah. So it's all the money I've made so far has been through ad revenue on YouTube and, um, you know, I don't know. I've done the calculations and I, I think I'm earning in between two and three dollars per thousand views right now. Um, it might be more on some of my more successful videos. Um, and what that translates into, like, so I'm, the number of views I'm getting ranges between 200,000 and 500,000 a month. That's, um, you know, when I, I don't know what that turns into when I do the math based off of the CPM, but I know that my paychecks, which are monthly, range from between $400 at probably on my slow months. And then, and this is the, again, that's per month. So that's not much money. And then um, at least not when you're looking at paying rent and all that stuff. My biggest check that I've gotten has been uh, in between 15 and $1,600 um, for one month's worth of views. Um, so you can do the math to figure out, you know, if, if 400 on a slow month, 1500 on a good month, I think last year, my, uh, ad revenue totaled about 6,500 bucks. Hey, that's still respectable. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's the world. It's, you live like a king on that. <laughs> and that's, 
no doubt you are you are 100% right uh, on that front and uh, but you know I, I I look at the bright side I you know obviously that's not enough to to um, earn a living in um, at least not in this country and but I look at the bright side you know that's 2018 or 2019 excuse me 2018 I earned 200 bucks so who knows what I'm going to earn in 2020 but uh, you know I don't think that growth curve is going to quite hold up but um, you know I'm launching a merch store which. I've done the research and I think that that should at the very least double my income, but I don't know that I, I could, it could fall flat on its face and I could earn next to nothing. But based off of the research that I've done, what other YouTubers say you can earn with merch based on my viewership. And if I try to get the word out to my viewers, you know, if my most successful videos get between three and 500,000 views. So, you know, if I try to in a, respectful way. I try to be respectful of my audience. I don't want to spam them with ads, but if I try to put the message out in front of them, like, Hey, I have a merch store. If you want to support me, this is a great way you can do it and get something in return. You know, if I, if I can squeeze that message into one of my videos, that's an audience of a couple hundred thousand people that hopefully will at least consider visiting my store. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I can, again, at least double my income using merch. Um, so that's, that's a little, that, that gives you actually more than a preview. That really spells out what I'm making right now and what I hope to make uh, with my future endeavors. And I, I do plan on, you know, eventually getting some type of sponsorship deal going or deals going. I know that that's a major income, uh, source of income for a lot of YouTubers. Um, and um, yeah, we'll see where it, where it goes. Okay. Let me ask, um, why haven't you reached out to anybody about sponsorships yet? If your videos are getting that many views, I mean, that's incredible. I, so I have actually um, had people reach out to me, um, some of which are, you know, you kind of have to be careful nowadays who you um, reach back out to on YouTube. A lot of, you know, some YouTubers have had their channels actually taken from them by uh, people who are posing as sponsors. And to anybody who's getting started on YouTube, I would say be very careful of, of emails that you might get. Uh, in that regard, if they're not a company that you can look up and that you trust, just don't respond. But I had, uh, you know, I had one potential sponsor reach out to me that um, I know was legit and that I uh, had a good offer, but it honestly didn't feel right for my audience. I'm very conscious about putting, if I'm going to pitch a product, it has to A, be a product that I believe in and that I think my audience is going to find at least interesting and hopefully useful. And uh, while this company that reached out to me had a great product in its own right it just didn't match my audience so i i chose to uh um turn them down and my hope is that i've seen i've seen many channels out there who um advertise things that i would actually love to tell my audience about if i can figure out a way to do it that isn't intrusive i also don't want to pad the first 60 seconds of my videos with advertising you know i just don't want to do that and i won't do that so if that's what someone is asking of me i'll, I'll turn them down um, there may come a day where I won't be able to afford to do that. But in the, in the meantime, that, that is kind of why I haven't chosen to advertise yet. I haven't found the right suitor and I haven't reached out to companies yet that I think might, um, uh, be a good fit. And, um, that's something I definitely plan on doing in 2020 is reaching out myself, you know, to companies that I think might be interested. Wonderful. Okay. So you said you're still kind of setting up your social media accounts. How are you marketing your videos? Are you just kind of putting them up there and praying or are you, are you promoting them in any way? At first? Yeah, that's what I did. I just threw them out there and just crossed my fingers. Um, now I do promote them on social media. Um, I will, you know, so my routine now after the day I publish a video, I'll post something to Instagram. I'm going to experiment with uh, Instagram TV on my next video. I've thought of just posting the whole video because I think you can post videos up to 60 minutes long on Instagram TV. So I'm going to experiment with that, right? The last video, I just kind of posted a 60 second preview on Instagram. Then I post on Twitter. Uh, my audiences there are minuscule compared to my YouTube audience. So I don't get a lot of success, but you know, um, slow, slow, but steady wins the race on that front. And then uh, on YouTube, I create a YouTube story to tell my audience, I get good traction with those, I think. I mean, I get, you know, three or 400 views within maybe a week on those YouTube stories. So that that's not bad. Um, and then other than that, it's just hoping that the YouTube algorithm picks up my videos. And, um, you know, to do that or to, to 
set myself up for that. I, it just, it's tagging my videos with as many tags as YouTube will let me getting on Google trends to find what people are searching for. So if I make a video about final fantasy seven remake, for example, I'll get on Google trends and type that in and see what people are searching on the web, see what people are searching on YouTube and then make a judgment call as to which of those tags I think would be best suited for a YouTube video like mine. Okay. Um, can I go back for just a second? Did you just say YouTube stories or did you mean? Instagram? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's, they're called stories. Um, but yeah, on YouTube, it, once you get 10,000 subscribers, um, I think it's 10,000. Uh, and they may have changed that. You get the ability to post stories just like you can on Instagram. Um, so you just have a 10 second little video clip you've recorded with your phone and publish it and YouTube then pushes that out to your audience. Really? That's yeah, so, it's, so it, it, I'm up to 64 subscribers today. So this is a little ways off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, when you when you get there to 10,000, they'll give you that ability, uh, assuming that the software hasn't changed or the interface hasn't changed. Um, and it looks just like on Instagram, where the people, the creators who have stories to share, they'll have the little circle around their icon to indicate that they I think it's a red circle um, to indicate that they can um, or that they have something for you to watch. You click that, and before it takes you to their page, just like on Instagram, it will show you the video that they want you to see and you can post a number of those in a row. And um, yeah, I would, any content creators you follow on YouTube, check, uh, check them out to see if they have stories. I, I check out a lot of content creators. I have not seen a single one do that. So yeah, obviously um, I need to. <laughs> and I don't do it as often as I probably should. Um, but when I, I, I definitely do it when I post a piece of content. Okay. Um, how do you ex plan on expanding from here? Well, um, like I said, focusing on the content that my audience tells me that they like through the views um, and the comments. You know, I get a lot of comments on my preview saying that this is a great piece of content. Thanks for making this. And then just anything that, that gets views, I will focus on that. Um, the tricky part about that is I have a lot of other types of content that creators and, or that I'm sorry, that my audience enjoys and by choosing to do one thing, I sometimes have to abandon another. That's uh, kind of the hard part, but I hope to, in 2020, focus on, I'm actually, I was thinking this morning about making an update for my channel, an update video, and one of the things I wanna to talk to my audience about is, is creating a more regular content schedule so they know when I'm gonna put a video out. Right now, it's just, I post them when they're done. But if I can hold to a more, strict schedule like one video on the first of the month and one video on the 15th of the month and so on and so forth then I, I think that regularity will help me grow i also think again just creating one type narrowing my focus if i get known as the guy who makes the great previews that i think will keep uh my growth going i one thing i found on so, all social media youtube included is that being specific about the content type get a niche basically and stick to that niche as opposed to creating a broad spectrum of content. Um, an analogy I like to use is like, if you throw a basketball at someone, they're going to catch it. If you throw a bunch of ping pong balls at someone, they're not going to catch a single one. So just narrowing that focus. So you're just throwing one thing at people that they know, okay, this is the channel that I go to for this type of content. So I plan on doing that with my preview videos. And then um, beyond that, um, Instagram and Twitter really, treating those with as much respect as I treat YouTube, not looking at them as just side projects, but, you know, treating my Instagram account as, as being as valuable as my YouTube account when it comes to growing my audience. So I think that if I do that, focus on that on a daily basis, rather than, you know, I used to post like once a week on Instagram and that's not going to do anything. Even once a day, it's probably not going to do anything. I need to really uh, pick up the pace there. And then do, among, you know, with all this, the, the trick for me is not um, overloading myself because I've been burnt out before, not on YouTube, but I've had other jobs that I've been burnt out and I don't want to get to that place. So I need to balance all this with my, my life, you know? Wonderful. Okay. It sounds like you have a fantastic plan moving forward then. Yeah, I think so. I need to kind of put it on paper and get it, uh, uh, you know, set it in stone, so to speak, because I think that'll help hold me accountable to it. But yeah, I do have a plan up here. I just need to now execute it. Absolutely. Um, okay. So normally this is where I would ask, you know, what advice would you have for someone planning on starting a channel? Uh, I'm going to twist it a little bit today because um, 
I'm gonna be a little selfish. What advice would you have for my channel? Because I know you've checked <laughs> it out. I know you've uh, seen my content. You're obviously farther ahead of the, than I am. So I'm gonna ask somebody who who knows. You know, what what would you say I can do? Well, um, I think that the one of the great things that I think your podcast does, at least for me, and this I'm just one viewer, uh, but it's something that I try to do, and I've covered it. You know, earlier when we were talking, is uh, is keep keep providing people information. I find that that's one of the most overlooked uh, aspects of a piece of content that a lot of content creators don't focus on. How can I provide people information? I think you do that very well. So I would stick to that, at least at least by my estimation. And again, I, I don't know who I am to judge your channel, but uh, since you did, since you asked, that's one thing I would stick to. Uh, you know, hopefully what I'm saying is valuable to another content creator out there. And I, I loved how you let the content creators that have been on your channel tell their story. And there's information in that. Uh, uh, I always forget his channel name, Mantis. What is, what is it? Mantis. Yes, Tara Mantis. When he started talking about how he earns money and um, how he, he earns through sponsorship deals, super valuable. So um, one thing I did notice on your videos, and this is a minor thing, and so I know how easy it is when I'm editing my videos to be a little um, self-indulgent. I'll create an intro for a, for a video, and I'm like, oh man, I love this intro. It's so fun to watch. It's great. But honestly, I created it, so I probably like it more than most people are going to like it. And it took, I used to have an intro on it. Actually, I, I had another YouTube channel uh, years ago, and I had this intro that I made to my videos. And I eventually realized that that was just um, keeping people from getting to the content that they wanted to watch. Now I have like a four second bumper on the front of my channel that's just branding. It's like, Quest Mode is my channel. Here's what it is. So I think getting to your channel, um, and again, Whenever I give people advice, I say, take it or leave it. If this rubs you the wrong way, just throw it in the garbage. But um, you have like an intro on your videos. And now that I've binged some of your, your videos, every time I get to your video, I fast forward to like the 45 second mark because that's when the intro ends. So I might try to compact that. I would keep it because I think you need to tell people what your, what your content is about, but that might be something that might increase your engagement because that first 60 seconds, so important to hook people. Okay. Once people have seen one of your videos, they've seen that intro and they, they might, they might bounce off if they're like, ah, I've seen this intro, but you know, I'm maybe I want to watch something else. Whereas you could just get people to, here's this content creator. He's a Twitch streamer and he's got, you know, so many followers. That's what's going to hook people. So, um, again, okay. just, I, I genuinely appreciate that. It's been something I've been considering switching up. It's just, one more thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a conversation with someone who works at Facebook um, making content for Facebook. Like, this is literally what they do. And I told him about my little four-inch, or four-inch, four-second uh, four bumper at the beginning of my videos. I'm thinking in editing terms, you have, like, those uh, <laughs> um, uh, timelines. But anyway, and he's like, just get rid of it. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. But he's like, no, I'm telling you, man, like, people don't care about your intro. They just care about the content. And I was like, ah, man. I, I want to let people know who I am, but he, his advice was just, just get rid of it altogether. So, I mean, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, I particularly like that you tell me what your channel is about because you are very specific. You've got, you've got your niche. You know, that's one thing I would say about your channel that's fantastic is you are very focused. You are like an entrepreneur that is focused on gaming-related careers and helping people uh, pursue their passion in that field. At least that's what I take away from it. I don't know how accurate that is. That's correct. But yes. Yeah. So that's like such a niche. And I think you've got that and figuring out how to reach that audience is by my judgment, your biggest challenge. Cause if you can get that message to that audience, I think you'll have a captive audience. I think they'll be just, they'll like I did, I think they'll eat up your content. So. Okay. No, I, I genuinely appreciate that advice. I think um, having listened to you, because I, I was planning on shortening it and you know, there's that debate whether I should just remove it all together or should I have like a, a pre like video before I do a little like you know, logo or whatever and then go into the interview. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll do a preview like you just mentioned, you know, hey, I'm bringing this person on. He's so and so. And then, hey there and do that. Um, but I maybe take that 60 second, you know, intro I normally have and put that as my, well, I think it's called a preview video on my channel, my yeah. channel video. And that might work better. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, however you feel comfortable getting people to the content just a little faster, I think would be kind of the overall goal if it were my channel, but it's certainly not. So, you know, again, take all this just for what it's worth. Okay. Well, I really appreciate that little dialogue. So let's get back to you because it's supposed yeah. to be about you. <laughs> um, let's talk about you as a gamer if we can. Sure. Okay? Um, can you tell me when did you first, first start playing video games? Was your first well, again? I, I kind of touched on this at the beginning, but when I was uh, six years old, I, I think I was six. It was when I went over to a friend's house and I saw them playing Super Mario Brothers. And then I went home after that, and I just told my mom, "I'm like, you know, we got to get a, a Nintendo, like, please." <laughs> and I must have played a pretty good case because I think a couple weeks later she came home with one, and it, I have a brother. He and I were just like kind of blown away that we had this new thing to mess around with and play games on our TV. And so that's when it started for me. And I, again, played NES. I, I stuck to the NES. I didn't have a master system when I was a kid, just the NES, and uh, which is Sega, by the way, for the younger viewers out there. And um, then uh, when I was, well, right when it came out, I think we got a Super Nintendo. So I was into it enough to, to know that the Super Nintendo was coming out, got that. And I, then I got, started getting really into it. I did get a, a Genesis as well. So I was, I was pretty fortunate as a, as a youngster to have these uh, consoles. And, um, but then I, I kind of took a break. I was a big skateboarder when I was a teenager, like you know, 12 to 14 or 15, and focused a lot on that. Didn't play as many video games. But then I got a Sony PlayStation, and that changed everything for me. Um, there were games that I were, like Chrono Trigger, for example, not a PlayStation game, but that's a game that, I really got into, spent a lot of time with, but then I left it. But once I got my PlayStation, I played um, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Really uh, just blew me away. And I thought, this is what video games are going to be in the future. That was what I thought. And um, I wanted to just be a part of that. I just, it, was, it, it was an experience unlike anything I'd ever had. The other game that really um, changed things for me was Super Mario 64. Um, I got that for Christmas, uh, the year that Nintendo 64 came out and just sat in my basement for like two weeks straight. And I probably lost like 15 pounds cause I just sat there. Well, maybe I gained 15 pounds cause I was sedentary, but I don't think I was eating or doing anything other than just playing this game. And, uh, those are two of my favorite games of all time. And just, uh, something clicked after I played them that, you know, this is, this is now my hobby. This is what I want to focus all my time, uh, spare time doing. Um, I ended up getting a job. I got offered a job at a, an electronics boutique, which is that, you know, yep. turned into GameStop. Um, but so it was a, one of those stores. I would just go there as often as I could to just look at the games and, um, you know, talk to the, the employees and just hang out there. And eventually the manager was like, you want to like work here? And I, I was like, are you kidding me? Heck yes, I want to work here. And uh, from there, again, studying journalism in school to, to learn how to write about games. Um, but uh, I feel like I'm repeating kind of the story I told earlier. Yeah, so. so it really sounds like you, you have a singular focus in your life, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And again, I did get sidetracked for, for a good amount of time with my career, but the, the, the passion for games has never left. Um, that's, been a, that's been a constant ever since um, those PlayStation 1 years. It's, it's just never subsided. Okay, so you do preview videos. What games are you looking forward to coming out? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I'm doing uh, my preview for The Last of Us Part Two, And, um, you know, sometimes the more you look into a game, the less you get excited about it. But the more I look into this game, the more I cannot wait for it to come out. This game is going to be unbelievable. Uh, it just looks, I think it's going to be one of the most lifelike um, action adventure games that we've ever seen. Yes, there's going to be things that are unrealistic, like you're not going to ever in real life going to be able to get shot by an arrow, pull the arrow out and then go and it back into a gunfight but just the way the animation works the way the storytelling is looking to shape up i recently played the last of us part one i guess you could call it now again and uh yeah can't say enough about that game like everybody i'm, I'm very interested to see what uh cd project red does with cyberpunk 2077 but you know the witcher 3 i admire it for what it is i think it's an, a, a, an astounding accomplishment uh for a game developer but it wasn't my cup of tea so i'm a little more cautious in my uh, anticipation for Cyberpunk 2077. I hope that they can blow me away with that game because I think similarly it's going to be like a Grand Theft Auto where it's just uh, a, an astounding world to experience. 
but I hope it's more interesting to me than The Witcher was. Um, other games that I'm looking forward to, uh, near, uh, near on the horizon, uh, uh, Ori and The Will of the Wisps. If no one out there has played, or if someone out there, if anybody watching hasn't played Ori and the Blind Forest, go play it. If you have either a Xbox or a Switch, it's fantastic. That game's coming out next month. Doom Eternal, I think, looks amazing. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, Ghosts of Tsushima, I always have trouble saying that, uh, coming out for the PlayStation 4, I think looks great. Uh, Sucker Punch, the studio behind that game, is has a great track record. And then what I'm really looking forward to is seeing what the heck the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One X are all about. You know, we don't know a whole lot about that, but the games that are going to be released for those, like I'm hoping Horizon Zero Dawn 2 comes out for the PlayStation 5, but we'll see. It's, we got a lot to look forward to, don't we? Yeah, it's a big year. It's a big year for games. Okay. Now, kind of looking back into the past for a second, what's your favorite game of all time? Uh, that would uh, It's a toss-up. On any given day, I could, as, as I alluded to earlier, I could answer Metal Gear Solid or Super Mario 64. Okay. Um, Does it blow it, you away to think that, you know, you, could, you spent weeks playing these games, now there's people out there who can beat them in an hour? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, I... Uh, like, I think IGN has this series going right now on their site where they show game developers beating these games in like an hour and, you know, doing speed runs. And it's really fun to watch these developers being like, oh, I had no idea that someone could figure that out in this game. So yeah, it is, it is pretty weird. Okay. Now this is part of my show. I would normally say I want to humble you. So is it okay yeah. if I humble you? Okay. Absolutely. You already kind of told me, uh, told us what your failures have been. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask the, the other question I would normally say is, um, what is something you're presently or currently not good at? Um, so managing my time is not a skill I excel at. And it is, I think probably one of my biggest, um, hindrances, maybe you could call it when it comes to being a content creator, because, uh, it, it involves a lot of work as we've talked about. And I am just not good at planning out my days. This is what I'm going to do in the morning. This is what I'm going to do in the afternoon. This is what I'm going to do in the evening. I'm going to get this, get it all done. I am it's one of those things that it's simple, but not easy for me. Um, you know, it's simple to say, Oh, you just write it down and follow your schedule. But I, I lack, um, I think the discipline to really stick to those schedules. So that's something that I, 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 I definitely know there's a lot of room for improvement. Can I give you uh, some advice? Absolutely. Please. Being a gamer, um, you're kind of predisposed to want to accomplish things Yeah. Like, and get little like, things for doing it right whether it's stars in mario or money in another type of game um something i've seen work fairly well is if you can make yourself do this then do this make a sticker board just a okay. sticker board and set you know six goals or six tasks you will accomplish every single day they yeah. don't have to be at a specific time unless you want it to be but then you you have a real life rpg element to yourself now and, yep. you out and you give yourself these things for doing it. And after a few days, if you really commit yourself to it, your mindset is I have to get these things done above everything else. And all yep. that time management takes care of itself. That's great advice. Yeah. I've, I've tried doing something similar in Google docs where I had a Google doc with my stuff, but I just would forget to open it. And nope. so having something that I look have at something physical, something that you can move and touch and feel, yep. and there's all kinds of psychological reasons or studies and whatnot, but just, stars like i have a sticker board in um, my wife's bedroom over here and every night we put stickers on for what we did yeah that's great advice i should definitely get something like maybe a whiteboard or something i'll go find something to put stuff up on absolutely okay so um your channel you've had lots and lots and lots of people watch it what's the worst thing they've ever said to you <laughs> um I don't know. Oh, I, I can remember two, two examples. So one, the, the one that uh, kind of struck, uh, you know, struck the deepest that, that really kind of hurt a little bit was I, I spent all night, uh, you know, uh, finishing a video and uh, uploading it and I felt really good about it. And I, I woke up in the morning to see what, you know, I scheduled my post to publish at around 6am. I'm usually not awake then. So I woke up in the morning to see what, how many views had it gotten? What are the comments? And it, it, it had gotten some views, but there was only one comment on there. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said he, he criticized one part of my video. He's like, you know, I, I had said something that he didn't like. And he, he just focused on that. It was a totally negative comment. And then I went back and watched the video and I was like, you know what? Maybe he's right. Now, he did it in a tone that was really, I, I felt just like rude and, you know, like a lot of commenters are. But 
that um, was disappointing. Just you spend all this time on a video, you want to wake up and you want to see people happy and commenting positive things. And I just had one comment and it was basically just tearing my video apart. And that, that really was a bummer. Um, I haven't experienced that much since then, thankfully. But um, the other thing is I had someone tell me on my, one of my videos that I sound just like Tucker Carlson. And <laughs> I did not take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. <laughs> okay. <then. laughs> um, on the flip side, what do you think the best thing or the nicest thing anyone's ever told you? Um, this is actually a fun story. Uh, so it wasn't in a comment necessarily. I have gotten nice comments. Um, and I will say, if you're, if, you're a, if you're just a YouTube watcher out there or a content creator, um, every positive comment that a, that a YouTuber gets on their video means something to that content creator. I mean, maybe there are exceptions to that rule, but for me and all the content creators I've talked to, just leave nice comments, man. It goes so far in motivating me, like when I read these comments, if they're nice, to just keep going. Like that's, that's a big source of energy. So that's just kind of a side note. But the story that I have is uh, my Doom Eternal preview that I wrote um, and published. I, uh, in doing my research, one of the people that I quoted in that video was somebody by the name of Marty Stratton, and he's the executive producer of Doom Eternal, and he's worked at id Software for decades. Um, and I, I think you could say he's uh, one of the more well-known you know, creators in just video games in general, uh, if you're in the industry, that is. And uh, when I published my video for Doom Eternal, um, the next day I got an email, and it was just like, Hey, great job. And I, I opened it up and it said like, just wanted to say you did a great job on the Doom Eternal video. I loved it. Great information. Really nice work. And it was signed at the bottom, Marty Stratton. Um, so I got an email from the producer of this game that I just did a preview for and for a video game franchise that's been, you know, I played the original Doom and I played, you know, Doom 2 and um, Doom 2016, which was fantastic. And to have someone involved in that, uh, uh, that franchise so uh, deeply to appreciate my work that just blew me away that's so that's so probably wonderful. the best thing yeah all right you know that rocks I mean did you ever follow up with him I did yeah I did so uh, yeah I emailed him and uh, now I'm, I'm in touch with uh, their um, their marketing department so that's one of my my ends hopefully you know I don't know if it's going to happen because again I don't know uh, I, I'm a still, I'm still a small fish in a big pond, but, um, I, I'd love to review Doom Eternal. So I'm going to reach out to them and see if I can get a, get a review code and we'll, well see. I've got my fingers crossed for you, Josh. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't have any expectations of them, but that would be fantastic. Okay. You know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, right? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's switch gears for a second. Um, is there a community of YouTubers or content creators? Or are you all islands unto yourselves? Um, you can be an island unto yourself very easily. Uh, it, just because you make content doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden going to be part of the community. But there is definitely a community, and they're kind of like micro communities. I'm finding, and um, you know, it, it all it takes is just reaching out to creators. Uh, you know, I I'm not I'm a bit antisocial, so I'm not the best at reaching out. But I've had some people reach out to me um, when I right when I got started. I found channels that were just a little bit bigger than me, not really not a lot bigger. And I'd, I'd comment on their videos and sooner or later, you know, a dialogue would form between them and me. I'd see their comments on my video and my comments on their video. And you never know who's going to grow on YouTube. So that's just a great, not to sound selfish about it, but like the more you do that, the more, uh, the larger network you're going to have. And as content creators grow, they may be able to help you. And as you grow, you may be able to help them. And so there's definitely a community, uh, out there. And I had another content creator, if you, have followed my channel, or if you go back to it, there's a video I did covering the Game Awards where I collaborated with uh, another YouTuber by the, his name on YouTube is Samurai Kibiji. And he's got like 30,000 subscribers. And that was just an, an email he shot to me like, hey, you know, uh, wanna do a video together? And I said, of course, let's do it. And uh, a week later, we had this video published. So, and that's how the community I feel really grows is YouTube, YouTubers will reach out to one another collaborate with one another. You see YouTubers help out each other sometimes, you know, uh, there's this channel Urcha Gaming, uh, who's, um, uh, I don't know her at all. I've never reached out to her, but she was, uh, she had, she was one of these YouTubers who had her channel, uh, hijacked and taken away. 
And she reached out, I'm assuming she reached out to some content creators who were much bigger, like in the, in the millions of subscribers, or at least in the hundreds of thousands. And they kind of rallied around her and, said, and made videos about it saying, hey, we've got to get this person's channel back because this is not right. And YouTube hopped on it and she got her channel back. And that was a really great example of the YouTube community kind of working together to do something good. And yeah, so. that's great. Okay. Um, slightly different question. So you probably watch a lot of videos, a lot of content creators and, other, and everything else. Um, what is something that you see them doing wrong? You don't have to name names, but you know, from your position, you know, what, what's something that you, your opinion is, is going on that's, that they shouldn't be doing? Well, it's not so much the stuff they shouldn't be doing, but it's stuff that they're not doing. Um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of like, like I said, when I was just getting started, I reached out to some content creators that were of my size, just a little bit bigger. Um, you know, two that I can think of, I will certainly not name names, but they were, you know, in the one to 2000 subscriber range. And they're still that big to this day. And one of the things I see them and many others doing is making content, but not providing anything of real value. And what I mean by that mostly is information. Um, now you can create content that is that lacks in information, but if you do that, in my opinion, you've got to be very entertaining. You've got to have a personality that really is um, magnetic, uh, or you've got to be hilarious. Um, you know, you look at video game Donkey Donkey. I forget what his name is, but he's flat out hilarious. He doesn't really provide much information, but you, it's hard for me anyway to watch his videos and not laugh. Same with girlfriend reviews. They've got just great amazing writing and amazing editing and they combine those two in a way their voiceovers are fantastic that's just really funny so if you don't have that and in my opinion most people don't i'm among them i i don't have a personality that i feel like people are just going to gravitate towards so to compensate for that i provide information and that's what i think a lot of youtubers seem to forget like opinions are i see all these youtubers just doing and maybe these um, channels don't have the ambition to grow. Maybe they're fine where they are. If, if that's the case, keep doing what you're doing. But if your goal is to grow and you're just providing your opinion, I'm of the mind that I'm the only person on earth who cares about my opinion as much as I do. And most people care about it drastically less, you know, um, so I try to avoid talking about my opinion. It's not that you can't do um, commentary and stuff like that, but at least try to at the same time provide some sort of information or something of value to people because that's what people go to YouTube and Google for is they want, they want something. Usually they want to learn something or they want to like top 10 videos. Why do you think top 10 videos do so well as um, cookie cutter as they may be? One of the reasons they do so well is they provide, they provide a lot of information in a very compact um, package and people can watch it, get the info they're looking for and move along. You know, so that's something that I, I would recommend to anybody. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, Josh, this has been an incredible interview. Thank you so much. You've given a ton of information today. And <laughs> no, no problem. That's my goal. <laughs> Uh, so how can people find you? It's quest mode on, on YouTube and quest mode everywhere else. Yeah. So, um, quest mode on YouTube. Uh, and, uh, if you search, I should, my channel should pop up there. Um, and I wasn't so fortunate as to be able to get that handle on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I'm actually, this is, this is not good for branding. And in fact, I, I, <laughs> I regret not getting this in order before I got on your channel, but, or on your uh, podcast, but I just changed my um, Instagram handle to quest mode games. So you can find me on Instagram quest mode games and you can find me on Twitter at it's currently life in quest mode at life in quest mode. So I'm, I'm since I wasn't able to get my, you know, just plain old quest mode, I'm toying around with how can I create some uniformity across those social channels. But the best thing is just go to my YouTube channel, hit up the uh, about me section or any of the comments section uh, or the, uh, the descriptions of my videos. You'll find all the links there, but, uh, if you, if you look me up on YouTube, that'll be more than, more than enough for me. I'll be very grateful. Fantastic. All right. As we're wrapping up, is there anything else you want to talk about or anything we think we need to discuss? Uh, no, just that uh, I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I really love what you're doing with your channel. I, I think I mentioned this before when we were talking, but uh, this niche I think is fantastic. I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, learning how to grow on YouTube and how to do it in, in the gaming space. So 
I'll really look forward to uh, seeing what you're going to create uh, down the road as well. Ah, thank you so very much. I really do appreciate it. All right. On that note, Josh, thank you so much. Everybody go check out Quest Mode on YouTube and check them out on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere else you can find them. And uh, Gamerpreneurs, you all take it easy. All right. Take care. Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right. You all take it easy.